to Affect Autism, where Affect is the number one tool we use in supporting child development through playful interactions. If you're a caregiver looking to implement your own floor time approach, please check the ICDL parent website at the Interdisciplinary Council on Development and Learning for a free virtual floor time consultation or for the weekly parent support meetings. We aim to help you implement your program at home using the Developmental Individual Differences Relationship-Based Model, or DIR, taking into account your child's developmental level, their individual differences, and using your relationship with them to help promote and support their development. Hello, welcome to Affect Autism. My name is Daria Brown, and I have a returning guest this week, Dr. Andrea Davis, who is a clinical psychologist in Pasadena, California. She is a DIR expert training leader, and she is at the Greenhouse Therapy Center that she founded. She is also the president of the DIR Coalition of California. And of course, those of you that might be new, DIR is Developmental Individual Differences Relationship-Based Model, or DIR Floor Time. And today, I'm so excited, Dr. Davis, because it's been, what, over a year now, I think, since our last one. We've uh, followed my son's development over the past few years reviewed a floor time video. And I'm always so excited for these sessions because I get to hear all of the great things about how my son has developed like any child would grow and develop. Thank you so much, Dr. Davis, for returning. How are you? I'm so happy to be back and to see the video, to see what you guys have been developing together, the progress in the relationship and what that is allowing your son to be able to do with you. Uh, I was just it warmed my heart. So I'm going to be talking about all the things that your, your video of playing together show and demonstrate about what floor time really is, how it works. And I'm going to summarize at the beginning before we even dive in and look at it. Um, you're obviously, you're having a good time playing with his, his favorite characters, his favorite ideas, and he's so engaged the whole time. And so we can see um, definite development in him from the times we've done podcasts before and watched you play together before. Um, but I am really interested in what the adult does. That's where my mind always goes. As a psychologist, I'm working with lots of uh, parents and um, writing about parenting from a DIR floor time model. So I was thinking that your, your time with him really demonstrates how the floor time model begins by looking at any particular child, at any particular snapshot in time and asking basically, who is this person? And not only who is this person, but where are where is he or she in this moment in the developmental capacities? Because we all go up and down, especially during the pandemic, we know one day is not the same as the next in terms of our mood, our energy, our capacities. And so that makes the point for, for, for children on the autism spectrum in particular, we, we have to meet them where they're at in that, that day, that setting. And the, and the video really shows that. Um, also, it really, really shows what I call the, the pyramid that we use in our book, Floor Time Strategies, that says, what, what does the adult do to help the child get to one of the levels that Dr. Greenspan talked about. So in this video, you attune to him. And I see definitely, I'm gonna show you where in the video, these moments that helps him to get regulated. You connect 
that helps him go up to capacity two to engage. You respond to him all the time. That helps him interact reciprocally with you back and forth, which is the hallmark of relationship and communication and capacity three. You expand his communication and that helps him go up the pyramid, up the ladder to capacity four to engage in more complex communication with you or more cooperative social problem solving. And then you pretend, you pretend with the characters. You're not just making Play-Doh that helps him create ideas that helps him imagine thank you for throwing that up there daria that's exactly what i'm talking about you um on the left are these verbs that show what an adult can do to move the child up that ladder attune connect respond expand pretend and then this particular uh, today's video shows you doing a lot of challenge so that you're, I'm going to show how you're working most of all in his emotional thinking and his logical thinking very strategically. So you as his mom are having fun, you're engaging with him, but you're all, oh, I can see the strategy, the, the, the uh, definite intentionality of how you're working with him to expand his emotional thinking and logical thinking. So we can watch the video and see that you're expanding what he can do with another person to enjoy human experience together more um so um you're you, this we're going to really focus on that but i do want to say all along the way you're using all the strategies from the foundation upwards to that support those high capacities up at uh, capacity six so for example you use um, can i just jump in for a minute and absolutely. say that we are referring to dr davis's book with her colleagues uh floor time strategies to promote development in children and teens a user's guide to the dir model we've done a number of podcasts on this at affectautism.com where we go through and talk about uh, each of the different strategies and dr davis will be referring to those strategies today as we go through the video Absolutely. And those strategy names, I'll be naming this, the strategy names because they help me think about what you're doing as, as an adult. They help me clarify with you. If I'm working with a parent, if I'm working with somebody who's on my staff, we, we try to go back to the strategy names, the little short two word titles that remind us because it helps us be intentional to be able to name what we were doing then next time I'm on the floor, or I'm at the table, or I'm in the car, those will come back to me, remind me what is my intention to help us go further in the relationship. So um, absolutely, when I see you definitely aiming at the highest capacities with him, but you're using all the strategies that build, build him up to there. So I'll just mention those for a second. Um, so uh, especially saw you using 3.4, what I call the sportscaster or narrator strategy all the way through describing what you see and letting him know that you're attending to him that supports his continuous engagement, which we definitely see in this playtime. Um, and I see you using gaze tracking to be sure that you're tracking what he's really thinking about. So you're watching his eyes to see what is he looking at, probably what's he thinking about. And so you get on board with him and then you expand from there. 
I see you notice and adjust. Like when he gets a little bit too excited, you can see he's on the edge of you know, maybe he's just his body gets a little over excited and he's flapping and kind of to the edge of taller his window of tolerance. And you drop your voice. You get you start whispering or talking a little slower and he just calms right down. So you're you, you as the adult are noticing and adjusting his arousal level constantly so that then we see this beautiful long continuous flow of interaction. Uh, I was thrilled to see this. Um, I also saw you using a little bit more of what we call your genuine self, meaning be more like a peer sometimes, bringing in a little bit of emotion that would like, um, do I get some Play-Doh? Right at the start, we'll see this. Um, what, what do I make? In other words, remember, this is a complex communication. This is social problem solving we're doing together. And that really helps him do that. And then throughout, we see his, his very strong capacity three. He's doing this continuous flow of back and forth communication with you. It's truly reciprocal. He's opening circles with you. He's closing your circles. He's answering you. He's asking you questions. Um, but most exciting to me was how strong his capacity for was in this day. Um, just, you know, he's, there's all these visual exciting distractions of his favorite characters and the colorful Play-Doh, but he keeps studying your face. He keeps his eyes trained on your face, not because you said, look at me or rewarded that in any particular manipulative controlling way, because he wants to know, A, what are your reactions to what he's saying? He's calibrating his thoughts, his feelings, his responses based on the feedback he's getting from you and your face, because you've done so much floor time with him where you've, you've emphasized your facial expressions and your vocal inflections to let him know what you're feeling. So he's learned, I can, I can understand what my mom's feeling and thinking. She helps me. And so it's worth it to me. So then I want to look and, and see. Um, Using lots so, of affect, the affect autism. Using yeah, affect. Autism. <laughs> uh, Greenspan's model was sometimes boiled down to affect-based learning, emotion-based learning, because that engages across the hemispheres of the brain, all areas, regions of the brain getting integrated, which really is what is the core of the developmental goals, integration. So we can start at the beginning if you want. And um, we're going to see just a couple minutes in where you're using some of these strategies that are support the earlier foundations, like uh, feigning ignorance to help him make his intentions readable to others right at minute 230. So we'll listen together. And um, I will mention that for those listening to the audio podcast, we'll do our best to describe the visuals. Um, the video itself will be available to members of Affect Autism uh, through the patron site, just to keep my family's privacy private. Uh, but hopefully you'll gain a lot, even just from the audio, if um, you're not a Patreon member. And I also wanted to mention that I did show the first, I think, three minutes of this clip in my presentation for the Interdisciplinary Council on Development and Learning conference last month. And um, it was in there basically to show of my 10 biggest revelations of being a floor time parent. This was 
the the end because this is the most recent video of him. So people really got to see him from six months old until this point. And um, it's really exciting for me now to really hear from an expert training leader what, what you see uh, as to where he is developmentally. Because certainly I have my ideas as an advanced certificate holder, but I do not have clinical experience with lots of kids like, like you do for so many years. So um, it's always a learning experience for me. And the last thing I wanted to say kind of as a disclaimer is Dr. Davis is describing strategies I'll be using. They may or may not all be intentional because by this time I've, um, what, what is the word? I've um, assimilated yes. time into who I am and how I interact. Uh, people that are new find Dr. Davis's user guide really helpful because a lot of parents say, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get my kid's attention. I don't know how to play with my child. And then once you start getting into that groove, I'm just doing these strategies naturally. I'm not thinking in my head, I'm going to use strategy 3.4 right now in Sportscast. I'm not thinking that. I'm thinking the, the point of the strategy, which is I want to show my child that I understand what he's saying and I want to keep him in the engagement. And this is the way I'm doing it. And I'm, it's just coming out naturally. So I want to make that clear too, that um, people don't have to go and read the book and memorize every strategy and try and think because we really do want floor time to be spontaneous in the moment and attuned to the child. But this is the type of thing that you learn naturally from doing floor time. And, and some people naturally do it without learning floor time <laughs> because it's just good um, attunement with children. But mm -hmm. I, I love the, the keys that you give and the, the points to really, you know, s s break it down into what's happening. Okay, here we go. This can be our finish line. Oh, okay, the finish line is here. I have to make the start. Sounds good. Mama? Do I get some Play-Doh? Yeah, for okay. the kid. I want to make dry bones because he's my favorite. Dry bones is your favorite? Yeah. Who do I make? You make dry mouth. You have to put a track here. Oh, okay. You forgot no. the gold trophy, the silver trophy, and the bronze trophy. A track and tro trophies. What are the trophies for? Winning! If you win, you get a trophy. If I get the gold trophy, then I got the gold trophy. Oh, okay. Well, what about me? You get the silver trophy. How do I get a trophy in this race? You have to beat all the levels. This is DK Mountain. This is DK Mountain. Okay. The How next I... race is Big Blue. How does this track look? Is this good? Yeah. Okay. You make Peach. Okay. What does Peach look like? She has a clown. She has two eyes and a face and a nose. And a pink dress. I oh. made dry bones. How am I going to make the pink dress? You need... just wanted to pause for a second, Dr. Davis, and say mm -hmm. that 
he is enacting Mario Kart, which is a video game that he just learned for the first time in about April or May. Mm-hmm. He's never really played video games before. Once COVID started, my husband started showing him a few games and he is hooked. So mm-hmm. he loves the characters. He mm-hmm. has so many ideas. You might mm-hmm. remember in the past, we were stuck on ideas. Now the ideas are just flowing out of him. He's just telling me what to do. Mm-hmm. And somebody at the ICDL conference pointed out that they liked his flexibility here, where mm-hmm. he said the pink dress and he said, you can use blue. Mm-hmm. And that, that was a good um, skill in capacity four, where he's able to... Um, be flexible enough to use blue instead of pink. To incorporate your mind, and we're going to be talking about this, that to allow you to have a mind and to, and to how you're helping him explain his mind by, by using a lot of strategy 4.3, feigning ignorance. And you had another name for that that I liked. Oh, playing clueless. Playing clueless, um, where he's going to now have to explain himself just like he would for to another friend his age or close in age um it's 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 so great to see him being able to do that and the way and and for those who are listening i'll just say that you, the the facial expressions that you're giving him are a little bit a little bit exaggerated not not too too much because he doesn't need that now um but that's very engaging and it helps him understand what you're feeling what you're thinking and it's funny for me to see those faces because I didn't, to me, they look a little silly. They don't look natural. But when I was doing it, I felt like I was expressing natural, like, oh, really? But it really, it doesn't, it doesn't feel, for me, it feels really, really helpful and not silly, but it, it's, it, it, we're all super critical when we watch ourselves, definitely. <laughs> so I'm going to keep going. Making her crown. And what are you making while I'm making peach? King Boo! Oh, I like King Boo. How's this for a crown? Good. Okay, there's Peach and Crown. She needs a face, two eyes! Oh, good idea. Okay. Boop. Boop. Boop, 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 boop. boop. There. Okay. That it's helpful that you guys are up at a table because it's real easy for him to both see what you're making and just be watching your face at the same time. So. And you're you're at the corners. You're sitting ninety degrees from each other, so we can we can see both of you. But it's real easy for each of you to see each other, and that's what we want to encourage. Even with how we position ourselves, with a younger child, we might lie flat on our tummy on the floor, so that if they are playing with a toy that's down low, they can still reference our face the whole time and learn that we can enjoy. The experience of playing with this particular thing together that's because that's really the point is enjoying the experience of being together with the play-doh oh, i forgot her nose there how's that you need a face yeah i do i see eyes are here you need a car oh a car for peach to drive in a mercedes whoa she's fancy is she i'm going to drive a mercedes I unlocked the Mercedes, Bubba. You what? You unlocked a Mercedes? Yeah. What does that mean? It's a car. What does that mean, you unlocked it? It's a new vehicle. But, but what is unlocked? I have to get 10 coins! 
get 10 coins and then you get to unlock a new car? Yes. That's one of the rules of the game? Yes. So I believe that was the point where you said I was playing Clueless, but Dr. Davis, I wasn't. I actually didn't know what it meant. You were not feigning ignorance. You really wanted to know, but you let that's him know. Right. We want, um, you're helping him make his own mind clearer to you, which supports his theory of mind, his thinking about thinking, his thinking about others, his social comprehension. And so you let him know where you're stuck all through this playtime, this 36 minute uh, clip. Um, I'd love where you say, what does that mean? What is unlocked? And he stops the action sits there, looks off into space and considers very carefully how to explain this to you. So you've made it so enticing and so comfortable. Like there's not a win, a, a pressure, pass, fail, win, lose. Uh, he feels comfortable to try something that's a little bit hard to explain. What does he actually mean by unlocked? He knows what he means. Everybody who plays the game knows what, it, what that means. But to somebody who's new, which we always have to adapt our communication, our meanings constantly, even with people we know extremely well, he's doing it because you've made it so fun, so enticing, so safe for him to do that. And I wanted to point out too that what you said, which is I wasn't pressuring him, so I didn't say unlocked, what's that? And mm. really thrill him. That's why I really kind of pulled back and I was like, what? Hmm, what is that? Like so I tried to be very subtle and natural about it. So he didn't feel that pressure that I was drilling him and questioning him. Oh, that's great. And that's actually using even more of that. When we say um, in capacity four to use more of your genuine self, mm -hmm. it's a little bit of your genuine self used intentionally. Like I'm puzzled. I'm going to show you I'm puzzled. So you can respond to my feelings and again, adapt your communication to how I'm feeling, which is a little lost, a little puzzled. And to be honest, I actually had a model for that in a video I saw Dr. Gil Tippy show once. And my son, this was probably eight years ago or something. My son was very young. And I remember seeing these videos Dr. Tippy showed of older kids um, after they had had floor time and being so excited about floor time that maybe my son could be there one day. And Dr. Tippy was interviewing an older child. And I think it was something about um, a movie that the kid said, oh, it was really epic. And Dr. Tippy was like, epic? What does that mean? Or, or what did you really like about it? And he was demonstrating that the child was saying that because he heard other kids saying epic, but he really couldn't articulate why he mm -hmm. thought it was epic or what he mm -hmm. liked about the movie. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Tippy was sort of providing that like, hmm, what does that mean? Kind of space for the child. And so that's what I was trying to emulate with my son there when I was like, unlocked. Hmm. This is what we mean by expand. Mm -hmm. Really expanding, really going for the capacity six now. Um, so uh, uh, expanding for, for more social comprehension at capacity four and then challenging as we go later, you challenge and debate and, and elaborate with him to expand his logical thinking and his emotional thinking. 
So let's look at that. Let's look at some details of that, how you use that, starting with um, around 3.30. We're coming right into it. So we can- Now, we can I did want to ask, when, when I asked about Unlocked, I really wasn't sure if he was going to be able to answer, and I was pleased that he did. He said, I need 10 coins. Looking at the video after the fact, I was thinking, hmm, maybe I could have said 10 coins. What does that do? And continue pressing him. But I was so excited that he explained mm -hmm. it to me that I sort of explained, I finished the explanation for him. I said, oh, you get 10 coins and then you can lock, unlock a car. That's the rules of the game. Cool. But do you think I could have pushed it farther? Actually, I think you're using one of the strategies you use a lot later, which is this um, organize and summarize or make him be what I call the event planner, where it's like, oh, this and then that and then that. And you're doing it together. And I think that's fine. You don't have to do a long extended quizzing because he's going to get too mentally tired and shut down. So okay. you're, I see you sprinkling these strategies in and then you drop down and join and, and narrate again or sports cast again so that he's feeling like this is, this is mutual. This is fun. This is not a test. So you're going to, there's a, a back and forth between the challenge and support challenge and support so he he doesn't even notice that he's working okay so it is a form of moving up and down the developmental ladder without him necessarily having dropped down but i'm just sort of challenging and then coming back and then challenging yep. and coming back to sort of yes yeah push him up and along gently yes like okay. ratchet like ratcheting up a, a rope you know when we right. keep putting it higher uh, pulling ourselves a little higher and higher yeah exactly Okay, I'm gonna skip ahead to a little bit here. We have red, or are we gonna pretend it's red? Pretend it's red. Okay. He has bee eyes, and he has a two notes and a happy face, and a vehicle. All right. Okay. How do you think? What's her name? Peach. Yeah. How do you think Peach is feeling right Good. now? Good. Beauty Bowser Jr. next. Bowser Jr. Okay, is Peach maybe a little excited? Yeah. For the race? You need the trophies. Oh, well, I'm gonna need some help. Okay, do... can we stop there? That's actually my, one of my favorite parts of this whole thing. We might wanna do it again from 3.13, but I'll, because I'm gonna say why I'm excited is that you're using these capacity six strategies, highlight emotions, Highlight emotions is something that you, you know is going to help him to really work on his emotional thinking. He's such a good mechanical thinker and sequencer planner now with all these great ideas flowing. But to get into those emotional themes that Dr. Greenspan, Dr. Reader always talk to us about, you're you're seeding that. You're dropping some seeds along the path for him. And I love watching how gently you do this. Talk about challenge and support, challenge and support right in this little clip because you drop out uh, the seed. How do you think Peach is feeling right now? And he just humors you. He just engages very lightly and says, good, you know, kind of maybe a standard answer. And then he bring he switches topics and asks about his idea about Bowser. And you don't shut him down. You don't you don't force him back. You actually narrate and 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 validate. You said you you repeat what he said about Bowser so he feels heard. And then you 
play what I call playfully persist. You, you ask it again. How do you think she's feeling right now? Maybe she's a little excited. So you make it easier. Now it's not an open-ended question anymore. It's a yes or no question. That's easier to do as you're drawing him up to six A. I call it, you know, emotional thinking. It makes um, him also want to maybe move into empathy because you're helping him imagine why she might be feeling that. You're saying you 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 take it even further. You say I think she's excited about the race. So that's what we call 6.4, encouraging empathy or putting on another shoes. And he's not quite ready for that here yet. So he jumps ahead to his idea. He doesn't fully engage it, but, I, but it's, it plants the seed. And for later, there's more moments of emotional engagement with the characters that he does when he even comes up with sad and angry, like a, a, a combo emotion. So he, he takes it further. And it makes the point that we don't always, um, obviously, are, are, we try these things and we don't conclude that they've failed if a child doesn't, doesn't do what we thought they might do with, with our strategy. We may have to try it 20, 30 times, knowing that I'm planting a seed, I'm planting a seed. His, his mind is cooking and then the soup will be done later and we'll see the results later. So um, I love that part. Yeah, let's see it again now for a second. Yeah, perfect. He has B eyes and he has a two nose and a happy face and a vehicle. All right. Okay. How do you think, what's her name, Peach? Yeah. How do you think Peach is feeling right Good. now? Beauty Bowser Jr. next. Bowser Jr. Okay, is Peach maybe a little excited? Yeah. For the race? You need the trophies. Oh, well, I'm going to need some help. Do um, you want to do... What are we doing? Bowser? What did you ask me to do? So, um, it's also funny how he's really gesturing a lot. So, he says, um, she has eyes and a happy face right. and vehicle <laughs> lots of gesturing which is so great because remember that stanley greenspan always brought us back to the words the affect and the action that we want to get them playing so fully in their body and in their mind and in their imagination using their words all at the same time because this is what the brain needs to develop is this cross hemispheric inter heart activation of everything that needs to happen when he's using all of that to gesture with you and show you what he means. And it, it, here he get, you get a, a little bit into organizing and summarizing now and at 6.11 and then 6.10 event planning when you're challenging him in just a moment you say, but I thought you wanted me to make the trophies. And he thinks, he pauses, he thinks, he engages with that challenge. And he says, Bowser Jr., then the trophies. So you're helping him really sequence in a more logical way so he can play with another child and not have them get lost and move on to something easier to play. So let's see that right there. For the race? You need the trophies. Well, I'm going to need some help. Do um, you want to do, what are we doing? Bowser? What did you ask me to do? Bowser. With the red hair? Um, Who's that? I That's think to make? Bowser, Bowser. Is that what you asked me 
Bowser Junior. You want me to make Bowser Junior or the trophies? Uh, the trophy. Bowser Junior, then the trophies. Okay. Bowser <laughs> Junior. That's what I. Yeah, and, and now, it's, it's funny because mm -hmm. I, I now I know who all these characters are, but this was filmed, I guess, a month or so ago. I really had no clue who any of these characters were. I, I don't like to watch the video game; it makes me dizzy. So <laughs> he's really telling me, and I really am authentically not knowing what he's talking about <laughs> and he's then he's doing exactly what we need to be able to do to connect with another person and is is be able to explain ourselves mm -hmm. and have someone ca catch on and catch our drift and enjoy what we're saying what we're thinking so now we're going to move into some some more of that um going for the 6.2 highlighting his em emotional thinking highlighting emotions whether it's in a dinner conversation we can do it it could be at bedtime when we're reviewing our day or when we're talking about a movie or a video game um that and you're gonna ask him you know how's he feeling and then you bring in you know i wonder who's gonna win and i really think you're very intentional about this because you bring up the topic of winning a few times in the play it makes the whole point that floor time moves from just working on relational abilities to even those things that we thought were in traditional child psychotherapy where we're working on processing emotions around difficult topics like winning and losing. So many of the children that we work with on the spectrum have a terrible time regulating their feelings about you know, the inevitable disappointment when they don't win. So here you bring it up with the characters so that he can engage in the imaginary realm to work on his coping resources for thinking differently about winning and losing so it's right here around four fit four point one five let's listen how's your junior feeling happy very happy yeah i wonder how who's gonna win maybe me what if bowser jr loses he has to go to the start again how, how do you think he'll feel if he loses? Sad. He's gonna be a little sad? Yeah. Yeah? Angry. Oh, maybe angry too. I wanted to win. I'm gonna win, Deontay's gonna win, and you're gonna win. And right there. You need to make Bowser. We see, I think we really see his best emotional thinking right there because it is complex when you lose that it, it's not just one thing or another. He's able to think about both those sides of it. Maybe he'll feel sad. Maybe he'll be angry. And he even uses a tone that's sort of like angry, you know, the energy of that. And then you use, you know, animation, animating the character and speak for the character, say, oh, I wanted to win. So you really are bringing up, again, highlighting the emotions of what he's talking and thinking about. So it's not just about wheels and colors and triangles. It's about how they're feeling. And you had to be intentional to bring that in. This is where it's it's devious, isn't it? That we're playing, yes, but we have a, a purpose behind it. This is purposeful play that you know he needs to stretch in this area and to move into thinking about how people are feeling. And he can with this much support of playing exactly what he wants to play, narrating his thoughts, enjoying him. Um, then he can move into the harder things of thinking about what somebody else is feeling. You really encourage his empathy 
to put someone else's shoes on when you're thinking, what would it be like if he loses? So then he can also begin to work towards reflecting on his own feelings when he wins or loses. Oh, it's yeah. wonderful. And it's, um, he only started imaginary play, I want to say in the last year or so, and it has been very basic and in, you know, FEDC four, not really into the fifth capacity yet because the emotional themes aren't there. So he's imitating like a race and he'll say, Oh, get out of my way. I'm going to beat you. And then he drives and he's sort of imitating little play sequences, but it's not yet really complex. So in my mind, I'm thinking, how am I going to get him to think about emotional themes? Um, that was what I was thinking going into this. Exactly. And that's, as I've watched the whole thing, I would say that's where we're going to hopefully go next more of more of 5.2 animating the characters. So he can engage for just a little bit longer and really dive into the story feel like as if he's in the story and imagining that and creating from there, not just the, he's like doing a lot of set design right now, you know, and, and, and um, plot planning, but you're doing some plot thickening and you're animating the characters. And that's what we want to do a lot more of is being, being them. And that invites a child in to then start to be, be a character too, so that he has to feel the feelings of the story and then think about the feelings of the story. And then he's more able to think about the feelings in his own life. Then he's going to be the child who's more resilient, robust when, when his own big emotions hit him because he can stop and reflect and think about them too. Um, and and I, I, I really like what you said about the play and purposeful play because I think a lot of parents get stuck there and, and even people who say, oh, we're just playing. There, we are trying to move him up the developmental ladder and I am challenging and expanding him in this way in a very gentle, playful way in a way that's motivating to him because it's it's a something that he's very interested in. And um, in that ICDL presentation I did, which is on the Patreon site, I had showed a video from, I think it was 2017, where I started to do that with trains. I, I um, it wasn't one that I reviewed with you, but um, I was saying, hey, I wanna go over here. So I've been planting those seeds for a few years now and he's just starting to get in to it. So that's the thing that a lot of parents might get impatient with. And, mm -hmm. you know, years ago, I would never have imagined that it would take eight years to get mm -hmm. into the fourth capacity and mm -hmm. five and six, but it can be very slow. But the point is he's moving forward. And the, the point that you make is so important that you know, um, he needs to be able to reflect on his emotions because neurotypical kids, they'll just do this automatically. They'll start mm -hmm. doing emotional play and, and act out what happened at school or with their friends. But our kids aren't doing that. And we're, we're trying to help them do that. So they don't have these catastrophic emotional reactions, which my son still has. Yes. And with no resources to sort it out and, and to think about it and to, to calm and name it, to tame it kind of experience that helps a child calm down. He, he, he needs these stages to be able to get there. So we, and he, um, he's beyond the full on meltdowns point. Like he definitely is able to calm and regulate easier than he did, but he's still having those catastrophic moments where the first reaction is, ah! and then, Oh, sweetie. And then he can sort of work through it. 
but we want to get him to the point where he doesn't need to go, ah, but he can stop and reflect and think and work through it. Yeah, because he can feel what's going on in his body a little sooner and begin to understand, oh, I know what that it, that sensation is. And I, I've been there before and then, but I know I can calm down with mom's help or with my, my remembering mom's help just even on my own. Exactly. And I love the point you made just now about, I would never have thought it would take this long to get to these more imaginary themes for him. And I have seen so many times with all the kids that we've helped at, at Greenhouse, we never give up. You know, even I sometimes think, oh, we're just not going to get there with this particular person that uh, for, for whatever reason, they, um, it, it's trickier with our children. For the parents who have children who are non-speaking, who are using other forms of communication, I want to encourage them too, because they're seeing your child is speaking so much and they may feel that kind of comparison like, oh, well that, you know, my child's not going to go there. Well, we have seen so many times with alternate forms of communication, whether it's typing or pointing or gesturing or other ways that we have to be more patient. But it, it, I love what Greenspan said when he said, it doesn't matter when it happens, it matters that it happens, that a child begins to be able to communicate and, and, and imagine with you. And we've seen you know, kids who really surprised us later on when they really found a way to blossom and that the ideas they were having, they just couldn't communicate, but they were in there and never, never give up. Um, I'm, I'm just really glad to hear you say all of this because when I went to film the video anticipating our next podcast, I thought, what am I going to do? I don't even know if this is floor time. Like, I know he likes Play-Doh, so he wanted to do this game, so I'll do this, but I don't know anything about what he's talking about. I, I don't know if I'm using enough affect. I don't know if it's boring. Like, I, I, you know, I've been doing floor time for eight years, but is this really floor time? So I was totally confused. And to hear you say, oh, look at this great strategy. You did look at this great strategy. I was like, ooh, wow. I didn't, I wasn't aware of it. I'm so <laughs> at least intentionally aware of it necessarily. Exactly. And that's why I feel it's so helpful to have the strategy names in, in simple two, two word names that I was using throughout like debate or event planner or sportscaster, because for the very reason you're describing, I can sit down with a brand new parent or a brand new staff member who's becoming a floor time specialist and show them already what they're doing and naming it for them. So they realize I do have this what internalized, incorporated sense of what to do and why. Now, in every strategy page, there's an explanation of what it does for the child. Why am I doing this? So you have a sense of, I'm already partly there. And then somebody like you has been doing this for years to realize, oh, there's, there's some real um, reasoning and purpose behind what I'm doing. But to be able to name it so precisely helps us all the way along to point out what somebody is doing. And then with, with us, I, I think just having you move moving on to the next one, I can identify what I think, do more animation, right? And then do more of the capacity seven complex thinking, asking him to go on for more. So we can say what somebody's doing, it makes them feel encouraged and motivated to, and then we can just 
zero in on, no, we can't remember everything, but here's one that I could focus on next time we sit down to play. Yeah, that's why. Awesome. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. That was that was great. Until next time, here's to affecting autism through play.